Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Napoleon Hill is, I would say, a grifter and a con man. So just to give you a little bit of his background, he was a pretty well-known scam artist before he wrote Think and Grow Rich. Hello and welcome to Run Your Money. Today on the show, we're talking about how to not think and grow duped with Michelle Mazer. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and personal finance consultant. Let's dive in. Happy New Year and happy 2024. I'm super excited to be back this year with you, and I'm feeling like I'm coming in a little spicy. On today's episode, I invited my friend, Dr. Michelle Mazer, and together, We are going to debunk some of the most prolific teachings and points in a very famous book you might have heard of called Think and Grow Rich. It's a book by Napoleon Hill. And if you follow any kind of manifesting, law of attraction, the secret, any of that kind of stuff, it almost certainly came from Think and Grow Rich, even if the person that you were learning from didn't realize it. This is one of those source materials that really created a whole movement of the new age and modern self-help that you might see all over the place on podcasts, TikTok, Instagram, etc., And I'm being super transparent in this episode. I just wanted to let you know because several years ago, I definitely drank a lot of this manifesting and law of attraction Kool-Aid. And it has taken me years to not just get to the other side of that, but to fully let it go and reprogram my brain so that I don't get stressed out if I don't do like my manifesting things every day that I'm not like totally screwing myself over, right? So it was a lot of healing. And now that I'm largely on the other side of that, I hope to talk a lot more about that on this podcast because a lot of these concepts, it's not just, oh, this is just like a way I like to relate to myself or like, it's not just innocent spirituality, right? People have gotten into a lot of financial messes because of a lot of the teachings that are in law of attraction, money manifesting talk. And a lot of that all came from Napoleon Hill. And so I invited my friend Michelle to come onto the show to help me debunk it because she has a podcast called Duped, The Dark Side of Online Business, where she talks a lot about online business scams and business coaching scams and life coaching scams and all sorts of stuff. It's a great podcast to listen to if you are thinking about being in business or if you have a business and you want to make it work and grow you've got to listen to her stuff because as we talk about in the episode today, a lot of these teachings are so compelling and they can just really nestle in real well in one of your pain points and it can cause you to potentially 
at best, just spend money that was probably unnecessary and at worst, completely drain bank accounts, rack up credit card debt, etc. So I'm really excited to dive into this episode. And before we do that, I have just a few housekeeping things. So make sure you listen close. First of all, as always, anytime I mention a source like another podcast or a news article or a book, I always put those links in the show notes. So if you want to do further reading or further listening, then just tap the episode info button wherever you see it, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and it'll show all of the links, etc. I'm only reminding you of this today because in today's episode, Michelle gives you tons of resources. So I just want to make sure you know where you can go to find those resources. And I just want to say one thing. One of the resources that we talk about is a podcast called The Dream Podcast, which I 10 out of 10 recommend. I love that show. I've listened to all three seasons. I love them all. And when I thought that I wanted to name this episode Think and Grow Duped, I thought that that name just came to me. And I think it did. But when I was creating all the links for this episode for you in the show notes, I realized that the Dream Podcast episode that we refer to in this episode the host of that show also called that episode Think and Grow Duped. Now, is it possible that like I subconsciously remembered that and then wanted to name my episode that name as well? It's totally possible, but I just wanted to name that so you're not thinking, wait, Veronica's talking about scams and here she is swiping someone else's podcast title. I didn't mean to, but also it's not copyrightable, so I'm still going with the same name that I wanted to call this episode, but I just wanted to acknowledge it so you knew that I know that it's the same and you don't have to tell me. Okay, the second piece that I have, I've shared with you that a lot of things are changing in my own life. So I am monetizing this podcast. I have some sponsors that I have through my podcast platform, Acast. And then I also have some new podcast sponsors. And I have one request. If you hear me read a podcast ad where I'm actually the one saying the ad, please support them if the product or service that I'm advertising resonates with you. The reason that I ask is because these podcast ads are what's allowing me to keep the show running right now. And if people are using the products that I'm advertising here, then obviously that keeps ads going back, which just keeps the wheels turning. So I really appreciate your support. And again, especially for the ads where you actually hear me me read the ad to you. The final housekeeping piece that I have, and I will remind you a few times moving forward, is that I am moving this show to one episode a week. It was just becoming a lot to do two episodes. And honestly, I wasn't really allowing myself enough time to publicize each new episode because as soon as, you know, one episode came out, it was time for the next episode and I wouldn't really have time to push these episodes out on social media, email, etc. So I'm only going to do one episode a week moving forward. However, I'm moving my newsletter to Substack. And on Substack, I will have bonus Q&A episodes. And I will let you know when that's available. If you would like to be part of that paid community, it'll be a really low cost community, five to $10 a month max. And that will be the place where you can submit questions to me. There will be bonus episodes, maybe some more spicy takes that I can't say on the air publicly and other things like that. So just make sure that you keep an eye out for that if you're interested in more content with me. And one of the best ways to keep an eye out for new things I have coming down the pipeline is to make sure you get on my newsletter. You can do that over at veronicagrant.com forward slash newsletter so that when I do open up my Substack and the Q&A episodes, etc., all of that will be in your inbox so you can easily join me if you like. All right. So a little bit about today's episode. As I said earlier, I invited my friend Michelle onto the show to debunk Napoleon Hill and his book, Think and Grow Rich. And we play a little fun game that I'm calling Spot the Truth, Spot the Lie. And what I mean by that is the reason why things like manifesting and the law of attraction and even non-religious belief systems like the American dream are so attractive and so compelling to people is that there are kernels of truth in a lot of their teachings. If it was complete ludicrous, then I don't think that these ideas would spread the way that they did because they just wouldn't resonate. People would hear them and be like, what? What are they talking about? But the thing about law of attraction manifesting is that it taps into a point where either 
there's a little bit of truth or it might be true for some people in a specific situation. And so they take on the belief or they apply that reasoning in their life. It works. And then they turn around and say, look what I did. I can show you exactly how to do it too. But what they're missing is that it worked for them in their specific situation. And it's not necessarily a universal truth or a path that works for everyone for any number of reasons. So the way we're breaking down this book is we're going to go through four of his main points. So in Think and Grow Rich, he has 13 pillars that you need to implement or follow in order to think and grow rich. Now going through 13 is way too many for this kind of podcast episode. So I picked four. And Michelle and I are going to play a little game where we spot the truth and spot the lie. Because there's either a small kernel of truth or some of the reasonings might apply really well to some people in specific situations. It can conceal the lies and the toxicity that can also pervade in implementing the pillars of Think and Grow Rich. All right, so without further ado, let's get into my episode with Michelle. Welcome to the show, Michelle. I'm super excited to have you today. I'm excited to be here with you. I can't wait to talk about debunking Think and Grow Rich. Do you know what I'm naming this episode? I already know. I mean, people know this because they're already listening and they saw it on the on the podcast feed, but I'm naming this episode Think and Grow Duped. So we are going to talk about Napoleon Hill and his book, Think and Grow Rich. And just to set the preface for everybody, this is not to shame or call out or whatever. It's just to educate so that you can be a better steward and creator Mm -hmm. of your money, and then also perhaps hopefully be a better, more informed consumer because lots of people are touting this shit still. So before we dive into Napoleon Hill and his book, who are you? Well, I'm Dr. Michelle Mazur. I am a messaging strategist that helps established business owners make marketing suck less. (laughs) And I'm the founder of the Expert Up Club. And also I co-host the podcast, Dupe, the Dark Side of Online Business with my friend and colleague, Maggie Patterson. Awesome. And we'll talk more about at the end of the episode where people can go to find you. But I'm just going to say off the top, anyone listening to this, if you are thinking about starting a business or you have a business or a side business or you really want to quit your job and start your own business, you've got to listen to literally every episode on Duped first and then make a decision. Okay, so let's talk about Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. And this is like a foundational text, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I feel especially... Not just in online business, but the business world, you hear this book cited by a whole host of people as being influential from people like Damon John, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, and Oprah. Like they have all talked about this book. Tony Robbins has built a lot of his career around Napoleon Hill's teaching. So This is a highly influential book that you have probably heard about or probably heard that it's an influence on some celebrities. And maybe you've read it. Maybe you haven't. I think it's terribly written. It's a really hard book to get through, but it is so influential when we talk about money. Yeah, it's really one of those few self-help books that is mainstream. A lot of self-help books, like if you're in the self-help world, you've heard, you know, but this one, I feel like, yeah, I mean, they talk about on freaking Shark Tank, um, this book. Yeah. Bananas. Okay, so who's Napoleon Hill? Napoleon Hill is, I would say, a grifter and a con man. So just to give you a little bit of his background, he was a pretty well-known scam artist before he wrote Think and Grow Rich. And the, the grift was he would buy lumber on credit. And then resell it to people at a higher price and then never pay his creditors. So that was his first scam. And he claimed that Think and Grow Rich was influenced or inspired by Andrew Carnegie, who told him to, hey, you should write a book about the psychology of success. And here's the deal. 
The Carnegie Foundation says there's absolutely no evidence that the two of them had ever met. But he was well known for kind of taking credit or building his credibility this way. He claimed he wrote FDR's There's Nothing to Fear But Fear Itself line. And he even created a fake award so he could meet Thomas Edison and get a picture with Thomas Edison to kind of boost his own credibility. And as for the book itself, I mean, the book is actually based on a lot of the teachings from the New Thought Movement back in the like late 1800s. So he was heavily borrowing from their ideas. And also, he was a terrible writer. And I think it was this article I read from Matt Novak, Novak from Gizmodo was talking about the fact that his wife should actually got co-author credit because she did so much editing of his book. So there was a lot more about Napoleon Hill. There was like trying to make a baby live forever. Like there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Dream Podcast have has covered this and a few other podcasts have, but he's he is yeah. suspect in my mind. Yeah. And I'll put links to the Dream Podcast we're talking about. I know. I, I think, gosh, what's the other podcast? Oh, it's the Maintenance Phase guy. What's his name? Oh, oh, uh, Michael Hobbs. Michael yeah. Hobbs. I'm pretty sure they read it on their podcast. I could be totally making that up, but I'm pretty sure. I could be yeah. making that up, actually. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah, not. I'm not sure that they have. That would be a good suggestion because they totally should. I know. <laughs> although it's Although that would just be like, catnip because they would fucking destroy it i know okay so think and grow rich i think it's important to give context to the time that it was written so it was written in the 1930s and i think you said 19 it's 1937 correct when i believe so yeah and so the stock market crashed in 1929 and just a quick little u.s history lesson for everyone listening the mm-hmm. Great Depression would not let up. The no. it would not. There were so many government programs. It's called alphabet soup. I can't remember all the like the letter combinations, but it was you know building railroads and doing waterworks down in Tennessee and like everything. And nothing actually got the U.S. out of the Great Depression until World War II and the U.S.'s entry into World War II in 1941. So it was relentless. So can you talk a little bit about how poverty? plays into what Napoleon Hill was writing about. Yeah, I really think that the time this book came out, and I think you're seeing it again today, when we live in uncertain times, when we live in hard times, there is something very attractive about a message that you create your own reality. Like your thoughts create things. So as long as you can control your thoughts, you can have the riches or have whatever you want. It gives you this illusion of control in an otherwise out of control time. And so it was like the perfect storm when this book came out because it was saying like, hey, I know things really suck. Like they're terrible. It feels like nothing's in your control, but actually everything's in your control if you can just control your thoughts. Yeah. It seems like what Napoleon Hill is talking about in this book is really the new age version of the American dream or like the secular, maybe not secular, but non-Christian version of like prosperity gospel. Correct. Yeah. Very prosperity gospel inspired and borrowed from like you, like, you know, if you give your money to God, good things will happen to you. If you control your thoughts, if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, good things will happen and you will have this prosperity. And so all of that is putting prosperity and riches into your control. And we know how the world works. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But I think a book like that is so popular because we just want to feel like we can be in control of our own destinies when the world around us is a complete shit show. Yeah, it's a really attractive message and i think in a lot of ways like i fell for a lot of it and i never even read freaking napoleon hill but a lot of people oh. were teaching that kind of philosophy me. online it's yeah, very attractive 
Me too. I remember when I first started my business, I mean, it was recommended to me that I really think and grow rich, but I was following a lot of people because like starting a business is very chaotic and it's uncertain and you don't know when, you know, your next paycheck, quote unquote, is coming in because you have to create all of that. So feeling like, like, yeah, I'm in control and I can create this great business that pays me exceedingly well with just my my thoughts and my actions and this internal work. Yeah, it's super attractive. And it also makes you stops you from doing like the uncomfortable things in your business, like sales conversation, <laughs> bring yourself <laughs> there. Yeah, I remember the first year of my business, I was so busy. I didn't have any clients. I think I had like three clients that whole year, the first year. And I was just like fucking around on my website. Like, I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> oh, I think that's the same. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> Okay. My favorite thing about budgeting is that I can spend a ridiculous amount of money on my sushi habit guilt-free because I know I've allocated other money towards savings and retirement. Ever since Mint closed, I've been looking for a new budgeting home and my search has ended with Brightfin. I love this app because I can easily categorize my expenses by swiping them into a spend, splurge, save, or share bucket. And y'all, the swiping makes it so easy and fast and honestly fun to manage your money. Then I go to my dashboard and I can see exactly where I am with my spending for the month. Brightfin even helps me build my budget by allowing me to select preset budget allocations based on my goals. And obviously, I use the one called the Wealth Builder. Right now, listeners of my podcast can get exclusive access to their beta iOS version and use the app for free. And when the app officially launches later this year, you'll get an exclusive discount as a beta user. To download and start swiping your way to financial savviness, go to brightfin.io. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-F-I-N dot I-O. Happy swiping. So this is a good segue into a little game we're going to play called Find the Truth, Find the Lie. <laughs> we're going to go through a few of the main teachings in Think and Grow Rich. Obviously, we can't cover everything. Doesn't he have like 13 steps or yeah, pillars or whatever? I mean, yeah, that is just like... different principles. Oh, yeah, it's a goodness, lot. Like... Ugh, I'd rather like pull my eyebrows out or something. So we're just going to go through three of the main that I find are just most pervasive. The first yeah. is thoughts create your reality. So what's the truth? What's the lie? So on one hand, I think the kernel of truth is like if you believe you can do something that you are more likely to go after it, right? So yeah. if you want a promotion, you are going to take the actions and think the things that you need to think in order to set yourself up well for that promotion. Yeah. So I feel like that's the kernel of truth. Right. Like if you feel like you're not going to get the job or the promotion or the whatever, you might not apply yeah. or you might not put yourself out there or raise your hand or lean in, as Cheryl Sandberg would say. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And then where does that break down for you? Yeah, what I really dislike about the thoughts are things, thoughts create your reality, is that it blames you if you do not experience the riches that you so desire. Because yeah. obviously you just weren't, you know, like you had stray thoughts that came in and it sabotaged you from getting that job. And it's all your fault because if, if you just kept your thoughts clean and pure and focused on the things you wanted, then you would have that promotion or you would have closed the big deal, right? And it's just so harmful because it doesn't, it basically is blaming you for your own financial issues. So yeah. like, and doesn't think about the outside forces like the Great Depression or the economy or political realities or systemic racism. Everything is your fault. And honestly, keeping your thoughts completely like pure of bad and negative energy it's impossible our brains just think random shit all day long <laughs> we are set up to fail with this one yeah yeah i mean isn't like your brain wired to look for it's like if if you have people say like, 50 nice things to you and then like one person says one mean thing your brain latches onto that because it's always looking for the danger the yeah yeah our brains are predisposed to look for the negative 
And we think to ourselves, it's like, oh, one bad thing. And then then you beat yourself up like, oh, my God, I can't believe I had that thought. I just ruined it for myself and I'm not going to get this job now. And then you go down this spiral. Yes. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Because, yeah, we obsess about the negative so we can protect ourselves so we can keep ourselves yeah. safe. I think this begins to break down really quickly because the way I took it when I was first learning about this stuff, and this is when I was more definitely drinking the Kool-Aid, admittedly. I would look at people, especially as a new business owner, I would look at people who at least appeared had to have really successful businesses, obviously no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And I would literally think to myself, like, wow, they have done so much inner work. They are so evolved. Literally, those were thoughts going through my head. And that's why they were able to make whatever they were making. And then you would see like mainstream, really rich people like Mark Cuban or Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg. And I would think to myself, even I remember thinking, like, do they do all this inner work, too? Like, are they evolved? Like, are they doing this manifesting? <laughs> like, what's going on? And I would just I don't know, like, I just completely ignored it, except that it really does begin to break down. Like your thoughts create your reality there because I don't know. It just it's incongruent there. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. We all, when you look at like the richest people in the world, like I don't think Mark Cuban is sitting around with a vision board right now. Does he have a vision for his business? Absolutely. I think the guy knows where he wants to go, but he also is at a point where he understands that there's risk and there's failures. And if he invests in something, there's no guarantee. I mean, even if he does think all the good thoughts in the world, that it's actually going to produce a return on his investment. Right, right. I think I think what a lot of these people miss when or, or, or what by, I guess what I missed and what I think is not often said is that sometimes people are really successful or have a lot of money because it's right place, right time. And yeah. one example that I just give personally is my husband does real estate investing and he has a few houses with tenants and people ask him all the time because they're like, I want to do that. Like I want to, you know, have a house and someone else pay my mortgage or whatever. And we're always like, well, Stevie bought his first property in 2009. <laughs> and so it's like, it's not really that replicable unless like we have another financial, you know, crisis like we did in 2009. But a lot of people aren't saying that. Mark Cuban got rich because he was in the very, very early of the streaming. Mark Zuckerberg got rich because he was very, very early of social media and mm -hmm. that whole shebang. And then a lot of these other people who are online, like Amy Porter, Phil Marie Forley, whatever, they got in at the very ground floor when it was much easier yeah. to build a platform. And any like really successful, really rich person probably got that because at, at least in some degree, right place, right time. Yeah. And you can't think your way to the right place, right time. Just yeah. you can't. Yeah. yeah. It's way more difficult now. Like in like business. Yeah. Like if you are first to something, you're always going to have an easier time like building. It doesn't mean it's yeah. going to be successful just because you're first. It is easier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the second piece. And that is an obsession of your desire and your desire. What are your thoughts or what's the truth? What's the lie there? Yeah. I think the truth is. You do have to have a, I, I don't love the word obsess, but like yeah. a level of passion about the things that you want. Because like, you want to have a business that is going to require a lot of work. Like you need to be all in to make it work. It's yeah. kind of like if, if you're thinking about a promotion at work and you're like, huh, maybe, but I don't know if that job is quite right for me. Like, you're not going to do everything that you need to do in order to get the job. Yeah. Because you're just not that into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then where does it begin to break down for you? So especially with this idea of obsessing on wealth, I mean, I feel like that's capitalism yeah yeah it's fine i mean and one of the things i do see with especially with like manifesting money is that you are told that if you do not get the riches you didn't want it enough because yeah. you weren't obsessed enough yeah. with it 
And yeah. I also see like all like the luxury lifestyle marketing, you know, like, ooh, look at me and my Louis Vuittons or look at me with the red bottom shoes or in front of my Lambo. Like we see that and it's like that obsession with wealth. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it begins to break down where it's you begin to then justify something that may not be in your best interests. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I need to do this because I, I can relate to myself doing this. Like, I really want this thing. I want to, quote unquote, up level in my business and I'm all in and I got to show the universe that I want it enough. And so what that caused me to do sometimes is or I should say what it created a condition where I was vulnerable <laughs> to mm -hmm. then purchasing or working with a coach or signing up for something or whatever, because it would be like a, quote unquote, up level. Or like justifying low pay. I think this is really common for folks who are working in corporate. Oh, I really want to do this work because it's almost like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> like we're doing really good work or the company is like really trying or they're, they're doing interesting work in the world or this will get me to my next promotion or look really good on my resume. And so you justify uh, low pay or long hours or toxic work culture or whatever. And it doesn't allow you to step back and say, wait, is this really what I want anymore? Is this working for me without feeling like a failure or that you're giving up? Yeah. Because with this line of thinking, that's not an option. Yeah, yeah. Because if you are truly obsessed, it's the persistence, right? Like, yeah. I'm just going to keep working at it instead of being like, ooh, I thought I wanted this. I'm in it now. The reality is far different. I do not like being treated the way that I'm treated at work and I want out. And that yeah. is absolutely fine. But with that obsession piece, you're like, oh, no, no, I can make it work. And then there's some cost fallacy like, well, I've already spent so much time doing this. So I'm just going to keep on and it's going to magically get better somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's, yeah, there's enough room for you can pivot or you can stop or you can quit without feeling like you're failing at something. But sometimes that's the most self-honoring thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh, this drives me crazy. Okay, the next one I want to jump to because it's my favorite thing to talk about, mostly because my husband's an engineer. So I ask him this question all the time about the frequency of thoughts. And I know, okay, so truth and lie. I can't even think of a truth, a kernel of truth in this. Can you? I mean, I think there is something to be said about energy management right yes like when you're like like let's say you're doing sales and when you're in a good mood and you're feeling positive and hopeful I do think that process goes better but I feel like that's not about so much about your thoughts it's more about like like where am I at today am I really tired am I angry am I like happy and hopeful so I feel like the energy management piece, but I really don't know if thoughts have a frequency that attract other good things, because I think that's the thing. It's supposed to be like almost like a magnet, although magnets repel opposites. So this does not this metaphor does not work. But, you know, if you think no. the good things, then good things will be attract or, you know, come into your life. Yeah. So this is where a lot of coaches will start just talking about like the quantum leaps and quantum manifestation and like quantum yeah. physics is a thing and yes. it is definitely a thing my husband's an engineer he knows about quantum physics like actual quantum physics and so there's times where i'll see somebody talking about quantum whatever the fuck on instagram and i read it and i'm like all right cb interpret this for me or tell me if there's like truth in this and i'm like and i'm reading it and he's like what 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 they say can can you say can i re can i see that what oh yeah it's it's always i mean and i feel like that messaging around like you know taking a quantum leap or your quantum results and like what the hell does that actually mean like quantum leap was a show i enjoyed in the 80s with scott <laughs> bakula like i don't even like what are you talking about it's just this weird form of word salad yeah that sounds really good like, oh, yeah, I want to take a quantum leap in my business, but it means absolutely nothing. And yeah. obviously has no backing in science, but it sounds scientific, which right. is something especially like cult leaders tend to do. 
they take something that is fairly common and then put like sciencey words around it, whether that's Scientology yeah. or Kiefernerius Nexium, they all kind of. Right. And this is what I've long said about the law of attraction. Like if it works for you and you really like it, I'm not going to tell you what to believe. Like yeah. you do you. My issue is when people teach it as if it were a scientific theory in the way that the law of gravity is, because then when it doesn't work because your thoughts don't really have frequencies and the money that you want also doesn't really have frequencies. And also, even if that were true, like doesn't attract like in physics. Like that's just, I mean, if you've been in third grade, you know this because you probably did an experiment with magnets. So I don't know why people aren't thinking, wait, like checks like in what scientific universe? So that's where it really begins to bother me because then it kind of goes back to the first point we were talking about thoughts create your reality because then if you are having financial issues or your career feels bleh or your business feels blah or your love life is shit or whatever, then it's like, oh, well, this is science and I'm sitting in a pile of shit now, so it must be my shitty thoughts. It must be my fault. Yeah. And that is where you could start gaslighting yourself, and it, it just spirals down really fast. Well, and if you think about the science behind it of, like, opposites attract, right? So it seems like the shittier your thoughts would be, the more <laughs> good stuff you would get, right? Like, that's all one of the things that has always bothered me, especially about the online space, is the people who are talking about, like, magnetic marketing. And I was like, do you know how magnets work? Have you looked this up in the dictionary? Because if you are doing magnetic marketing, you are getting clients that you do not want to work with. Like, that is how a magnet works. So can we please drop it? And I like I know this one person and she's like, oh, but I have my whole brand around it. I was like, it's a bro marketing thing. Like Dan Kennedy yeah. came up with magnetic marketing. So let's just stop it or magnetic message. I'm like, oh, I'll, like anything with magnets. I'm like, screw you and your magnets. That's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could just go on about this all day because it drives me freaking bananas because this is where and I've thought a lot about this. This is where the political spectrum, especially in the U.S., I can't speak for other spectrums or environments in other countries, but in the U.S. specifically, it's not really a straight line. It's really more. Some people say it's a full circle. It's really more of a horseshoe. So the far right and the far left have a lot more in common with each other than the moderate left with the far left and the moderate right and the far right. And this is, I think the bridge between the far right and the far left because the far right is like the american dream is real and that's why we don't really buy into the fact that america's still racist or misogynist or sexist or whatever mm -hmm. because like you have the ability to pull yourself up from your bootstraps and look at all these other women or all these other black people or whatever that have done it and if you aren't doing it it's your fault right so that's like a pretty far yeah. right wing stance in the united states at least and on the the far left side of the spectrum would be, gosh, they brought that on themselves. Like they just had all these negative thoughts and they just created these situations where they're now they're struggling financially and they're struggling in their career and they've attracted all of these horrible partners. And so it's more of like a new agey version, but it's the same shit where it's yeah. like your fault and you have the ability to pull yourself out of it, disregarding the social, economic, political structures that make it easier or harder for some people to quote unquote pull themselves up mm -hmm. yeah so exactly yeah I, I could just go on about this forever I won't but I could <laughs> I know I know I could do I could do the same thing because yeah you do see a lot of the same themes on both ends of the spectrum yeah yeah for sure okay so the last point that I want to pull from Napoleon Hill's book is taking massive action. So what's the truth? What's the lie? I just want to go to the lie, but I'm gonna, I'll start with the truth. I do think there are situations where massive action is warranted. Like yeah. if you want to change your job, you might need to figure out like, well, what do I need to do next? I need to do some career exploration. Cool. And maybe you need to go back to school and take some courses to get into the industry you want to be in. And so there are these steps that you can take that warrant the massive action to get you to your goal. 
where I see this as being super dangerous is sometimes taking massive action equals investing beyond your means in coaching and masterminds and other programs. Because if you pay $25,000 or $50,000 for a mastermind, you're telling the universe that you really want this thing. And so the universe will give you all that money back and then some because you took a massive action. And I see this weaponized all the time. Like, I remember early on, somebody told me, like, well, if I want to charge a certain amount, then I have to make sure that I have invested that amount in other things or more. That was one of the first things that my very first coach that I worked with told me. That if I wanted to charge a certain amount, I needed to then pay a certain amount. Turns out she was charging about that much. Yeah, she's like, if you want to make $10,000, you have to invest $10,000 into my coaching. And then the (laughs) universe will shine on you. Like when you break it down like that, you're like, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. is. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, I think I think the the truth in that piece is the whole concept of it takes money to make money. And there's truth in that, right? Like if you want to start a business, you need to invest in something. Most likely you probably need something, whether it's like an email service provider or a website or even a computer. Like you probably need something to then have a business to make money. Same thing with going to school. If you want to make more money, you might need to go get a master's in something or a certification or a license or whatever in something. And that's probably going to cost money. And ideally, you know, there's an ROI on the other end of that. Yeah. But the way that I see it weaponized so often is like, oh, well, give me $10,000 and then you'll be able to charge $10,000 and make it back. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not actually getting me to my goal. You're just manipulating me into giving you $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not that it goes beyond you need to spend some money to make the money. It's you need to spend money on me and Uh then you can make money. Yeah. And I mean, just as like a personal finance person, like, please, please do not drain your 401k. Like, please, I am begging everyone listening to this, please, under no circumstances. I even like will start, and this is going on a little bit of soapbox because I have talked to people that have drained. One of the worst things you can do financially, even if you were like in most dires of situations, I cannot think of a good situation to drain your 401k. Because then what are you going to do when you're 70 and you can't work anymore? You know? Yeah. yeah. Or 80 or whatever. And it's so fascinating to me because that's like one of the things people will tell you if you're like, oh, well, I don't have the money to give you $10,000. They're like, well, do you have a 401k? And it's like none of your freaking business if I do or if I don't. Oh, no. Um, Because they will. They'll coach you. Like they will coach you into how to pay for something. And to me, anyone who is coaching you into how you should pay for their thing is not on your side. They just want your money. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing, because when I first started my business, I took sales trainings and that was one thing that they would teach you to do. Like, you'll have to coach people to find the money. And I was like, okay, so yeah, and I'm not like I was not out here trying to like grift people, but I was really bad at it. And I always thought that I was just bad at it because I was bad at sales. 
And now looking back, I'm like, oh, I was bad at it because I felt deeply uncomfortable. Well, I just stopped doing yeah. it, thankfully. And also, I would say a close second to not draining your 401k is do not go into credit card debt for anything. Yeah, you know, obviously, if it's an emergency, but like buying someone's coaching program is not an emergency. No, I know they're making you feel like it's an emergency, <laughs> but it is never an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think there's a time and place for taking massive action. If you are going to quit your job, make sure you know how you're going to pay the bills. I think that's important. But if you feel like you just cannot go to your job again or whatever because it's so toxic, it's really bad for your mental health, I think there's, I think it can be the right choice for someone to potentially be in a little bit of a more financially precarious situation, depending on other things that are going on in your life financially, like kids or houses, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that where it breaks down for me is like when the massive action is, it's proving to the universe something. Yes. That's where it's like, no, the universe doesn't care. Like the universe wants you to be happy and safe and have like a warm bed and a house and food and the universe is not going to reward you because you gave some someone 10 crown 10k right like yeah it's just not how things work yeah i have to say i wish that i was listening to your podcast like maybe eight years ago seven years ago mm-hmm. i would have saved so much money it would have been great <laughs> i mean i'm right there with you i made some real shit investments too and i yeah. am the type of person who knew better because i have a PhD in communication. I understand persuasion. I could see the tactics that they were using. Yeah. And I was still susceptible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because for all the reasons, yeah, that's for all the reasons we've been talking about, because there is a kernel of truth. And so if that kernel of truth taps into a pain point, it's very compelling. Like, yeah. Beyond, I mean, it's still compelling. Sometimes I see those things and I'm like, damn. And I'm like, wait a minute. Nope. Not going there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So these were four of the pillars from Napoleon Hill. We're not going to go into any more because, again, it just it begins to get a little repetitive because it all kind of loops back to the same, mm-hmm. you know, shit. But anything that you think that we left out or that we didn't talk about that you think is important for folks to know about either this book or Napoleon Hill? Oh, that's such a good question. Like one of the I think I feel like one of the wildest things is the whole sex stuff. Like how having sex will help you with your manifestation. It is actually like one of his principles that if you are a virile, and this is mostly written for white men, let's be honest, that you are more likely to manifest, which I just thought was like the like so freaking weird. I'm like, is this just an excuse for you to get laid, Napoleon Hill? Because I don't, I don't understand this. Yeah, that's. I yeah, know that, it's a I mean, whole thing. I know. Like, it just, it feels, it feels like, it kind of feels a little bit like, I'm sure you've seen Mad Men, right? Yes. And you know how like all yes. of those guys, they're all, they're all having sex with like, basically whichever woman comes into their office, whether it's their mm-hmm. secretary or who the hell knows else. Yep. And it kind of feels, it's a justification for that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It totally is. Because I know 1907 is earlier than when Mad Men was taking place, but I'm sure that culture existed long before even the 19. 19- oh, I mean, it's it's the patriarchy. I mean, yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's like where yeah. we center men and their needs and they have the leadership and authority and everything and the power. So, yeah, it totally makes sense on some levels that being virile and having sex would help you manifest, which is, it's going to make you rich. I, like, don't even have anything to say to that because it's, like, it's so fucking weird. Like, I, I, I can't, I don't even have, like, a, you know, you, you want to talk about, like, frequency of thoughts and, like, your vibrations. Like, I can talk about that because I have some thoughts and... And like, I can see where they're coming from, but it's mm-hmm. wrong. I can see it. But yeah. this I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, you're going to have sex and it's going to make you more money. I mean, unless you're like literally a sex worker, then fine. Yeah, that will make you more money. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. sex work's totally legitimate. And Totally. Yeah. No, I'm not like I knocking also, on that. But <laughs> but it's interesting because like there is this trend in the online space where 
these business coaches will talk about the orgasmic power. So if you have orgasms regularly, then you will get more clients. And they dress like their their imagery is like sexy lingerie. And they're like on their computer in the sexy lingerie, like doing their work. And it's just the most bizarre thing I have ever seen. But it is, I think that that, that traces back to Napoleon Hill. Yeah. I think I'm just like, I've seen those businesses and that marketing. And I think I'm just too Capricorn for that. I'm just too. Yeah, I'm a Virgo with a Capricorn moon. And yeah. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm just like, no, I'm too square for that. Whatever. And I'll just own it. I don't care. I'm boring and not sexually adventurous like that, I guess. But I'm willing to own that. Well, I really appreciate I could snark all day long, but I will resist my desire to. So where can people find you? Yeah. So if you are interested in checking out Duped, the dark side of online business, you can do that at duped.online. You can find me at drmichellemazur.com. And I also have a newsletter called Make Marketing Suck Less, where every week I send you one idea or research back strategy to help make marketing suck less and so you can get back to like doing work that you actually enjoy. And that's at drmichelle.com slash newsletter. Great. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes. And I have to just say that I do not subscribe to any business newsletters, like literally less than five, possibly mm-hmm. less than three. And you are one of them. Oh, and I read you. and I read I read a lot of emails. So I, I've, I've learned a lot. And I mean, we worked together a few years ago and you know, you're great. You're the real deal. So I just really appreciate you coming onto the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Your Money Show. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a new episode. And hey, before you leave, can you do me a quick favor? Please leave a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast. It takes just a few seconds for you and it helps me enormously to get the show out in front of more women just like you. Thank you so much. You can find show notes, transcripts, free resources, and info on how to work with me at veronicagrant.com. See you next episode. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20 plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.